All right. It says the meeting is now streaming. <laughs> okay. It's redirecting. And um, I think we're on. I can see us. Oh, yeah. hey, cool. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Gathering 208 podcast. I'm Erica and I'm here with Jordan and Kathy. Um, you've joined us for an interesting talk tonight. We are going to um, talk a, bit, a little bit about um, our own individual struggles with infertility and kind of lady problems, but I don't want any of you to feel like this is just a podcast for women. Um, infertility is something that affects families as a whole. And so men, please stay on and be a part of this conversation with us. Um, we're going to kind of just talk through our individual journeys, um, ways you can support people who are dealing with infertility and kind of the, what you should and shouldn't do in these situations, um, to support people and loved ones. Uh, so kind of to start off with, we're just going to, uh, each kind of share a little bit about ourselves. So we're going to start with Kathy Hackett. So we have had kind of a crazy journey, um, with the whole infertility thing. So, um, sorry, I'm in a spinny chair. Tell me to stop spinning because <laughs> I'm one of those people. Um, so anyways, um, I was, um, I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was like 15, um, started having cysts, things like that. Um, we only found out about it because, um, they would rupture. Um, so I would think I was having like sudden appendicitis, things like that. Um, but I was, I was diagnosed when I was 15, um, and had really had trouble, um, till I was 30. Um, we didn't really know that, um, it was going to really cause issues for us trying to get pregnant. Um, so when we were, when we were first married and we were starting to try to have kids, um, we, we really struggled to have our son, Noah, who's now 14, um, took like a year and a half, um, to have him and then, well, year and a half. And then we went on Clomid. Um, and then that fortunately that worked, um, after the third month. So I was able to take the lowest dose. So I wasn't crazy. And, uh, we were able to get pregnant with him, um, pretty quick. And, um, I also have a blood disorder that can also, um, cause infertility issues. Um, I clot too easily. So I can, well, I actually have two different blood issues that can cause clots, um, which could potentially cause miscarriage. Um, so, um, but I was able to, um, get pregnant with Noah, um, had to do like blood thinner shots, things like that when I was pregnant, but, um, he was, he was born, he was healthy, he was good to go. Um, and then we knew since it took us such a long time with him that when we wanted to try to have another kid, um, our doctor had just said, you know, just let me know when you guys are ready to start trying, we'll just put you on Clomid right away. Um, so we did. And the first round didn't, um, I, it's been so long now. I don't even remember what the, what the number is that they check, but, um, it didn't spike enough to like indicate that I had ovulated. So they doubled my dose, which made me crazy, mm. um, like crazy, crazy. So, um, just horrible hormonal mood swings, um, hot flashes, greasy hair. Like I hadn't taken a shower in like a, like a month, um, and just, it, it worked so much that my hormones would spike so crazy high, like so high that they were like, okay, if you're pregnant, you're most likely pregnant with twins or triplets because your, your levels are so high. Um, but then I wouldn't get pregnant. So then my hormones would come crashing down. 
so needless to say, I was kind of all over the place on the emotion, you know, spectrum. Um, we, we tried that for a while and then, um, we decided to, um, we just felt really convicted that God wanted us to adopt. Um, and so we still kept trying to have our own, um, biological child, but we, we started to pursue adoption. So we went through an agency, got all of that going, um, super great agency. And, um, then it came to a point where, um, I had, we, we were like, had to pay him like a ridiculous lump sum of like $14,000 or something like that. And, um, I ended up having tumors all over my body and we didn't know if they were cancerous or if they were non-cancerous. So I had to have surgery to have them removed. Um, so it was either do that surgery and find out what's wrong with me or not and give the money to the, the adoption agency. So we decided to close our file, um, which we were so confused because we felt so convicted um, that that adoption was really something that we were supposed to do. Um, but anyway, so we closed it, kept doing a million rounds of Clomid. My ovaries are probably going to blow up one of these days when I'm an old lady, they're going to, I don't know, some sort of, they're going to grow aliens out of them or something. Cause I took so much of it. Um, and then, so Noah was born in 2006. So in 2000, the end of 2012, this is how long this process was. Um, we, uh, long story short, I went on a missions trip to Africa. Um, and before I abnormally went on this trip to Africa, um, God just really changed our hearts for missions, things like that. So I was like, okay, um, God's working in our hearts. We're supposed to do something else, missions, something like that. So we've got one amazing kid. We're going to, we're good with that. Right. Um, so I went on this trip to Africa and while we were there, um, God just broke me down completely about reopening my heart. Um, we were at an orphanage there and he just re like totally broke me down, reopened up my heart to adoption. Um, but I knew we couldn't afford it. I knew we couldn't do the foster system. Um, it just wasn't right for our son. Um, it would have just, it would have been really, really difficult on him. Um, and so I was like, okay, you're going to drop a baby on my doorstep. God, what are you going to do here? You know, um, the day I got home, um, we found out about our middle child faith. Um, in a super cool story. It was a, a private independent adoption where we were approached um, about her situation. Um, my grandma was the one that spurred the conversation. But um, so I knew, I knew from the beginning that that's exactly what was happening. That was going to be our child. Um, <clears throat> and now she's seven. <laughs> We've had her since birth. So, and then um, shortly after Faith was born, um, I found out about a nutritional system um, that works with balancing hormones, works with your body's pH balance to decrease acidity and the disease process, things like that. I started that not for any infertility issues, but for other ridiculous health issues that I have. And um, the very first month I started ovulating and I thought, well, this is a strange, weird detox fluke situation. Um, we weren't wanting to have any more children. We were good. We were full. And uh, two were good, boy and girl, good to go. And um, in that was in August. And in July, we found out that we were pregnant um, with Ariel, so who is now five. Um, so we have gone through um, just like, well, I've, I've personally gone through the monthly issues, being sick, passing out, throwing up, um, so much pain, um, just 
tons of issues. And with my blood disorder, I couldn't use any birth control to manage those symptoms um, because that would increase my chances for blood clots. So, um, you know, I've gone through that. We've gone through trying to have a child and not being able to. Um, fortunately, I've not had any miscarriages that I'm aware of. Um, however, trying and not being able to conceive is really, really difficult. Um, we've gone through the adoption process. We understand that. Um, and we also understand the crazy, unexpected surprise of, uh, you weren't planning on having a child. Um, <laughs> we were actually starting to go and the four of us, we were, we were starting to look into going to Guatemala um, to do long-term missions as a family. And then we found out that we were pregnant with Ariel. So um, we kind of understand the whole broad spectrum of children. And, um, and yeah, it's, it, that was a very nutshell version, but um, God, God blew us away with tons of miracles through that all. Um, and now we are here and I like look back and I'm just like, I can't even believe we went through that where we even struggled trying to have children. I feel like I have children coming out of my ears. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's our story. So very cool. And now yeah. I'm, I'm PCOS symptom free since, um, 2015. That's amazing. That's really great. Yeah. And yeah, just tiny blessings along the way, but mm -hmm. gosh, still quite a story. Yeah. All right, Jordan, you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Um, I have not struggled with infertility. Um, when we got pregnant for the first time in 2017 and uh, at about, well, long story short, about halfway through the pregnancy is about 18 and a half weeks when I had an ultrasound because they wanted to make sure the baby didn't have Down syndrome because I tested high on a probability screening for that. Um, and turns out the baby had passed away. And so I was halfway through. And um, so I, I had the choice to have a surgery to remove the baby or to um, be induced and give birth. And so um, I chose to be induced. And on July 6th, 2017, I gave birth to a little boy and he was five and a half inches long and 3.3 ounces and he fit in the palm of my hand. And um, he was a whole little tiny baby who just re really small, um, but he had his fingers and toes and eyes and ears and a wide mouth. And I remember feeling uh, this little bone right here in his wrist. I could feel it. Um, and yeah, so we had that loss at, and that was the doctor said that he measured closer to 16 weeks, um, between 16 and 17 weeks. So, um, m my body just didn't realize that he had been gone for a couple weeks. And that's one reason why I had to be induced too, because they didn't know when I, my body would physically realize that there, the baby was gone. Um, and then, 10 months later, we had, um, Leland and he's two, um, and super rambunctious and wonderful. And so on Romans and we named our son Roman, the first one, and he was, uh, on his first birthday, Leland was two months old already. So we kind of thought, and our doctor kind of told us, you know, this is a kind of a fluke situation. We, because I, I gave birth to him, um, they got to do an autopsy and he wasn't able to go to the bathroom and starting about 12 weeks, they ingest the amniotic fluid and it has to cycle through their system. So essentially it, it 
um, distended his bladder and um, poisoned his body basically. Um, but so they were able to figure out what happened. And the doctor said, you know, it's nothing that can be remedied. It's nothing that we can catch early on. It just happens. It's unlucky is what she said. She's like, it's really just unlucky. Mm. And, um, I don't see you having any more problems. And sure enough, I, you know, less than a year later, we had a baby. I did have preeclampsia at the end of the pregnancy with, um, Leland, but it was pretty complication free. I mean, I was on a modified bed rest for about six weeks, but I didn't have any complications. And then I was induced and, um, Leland doesn't have any complications and he didn't. So we thought all was fine. And then, um, I got pregnant again, uh, in 2019. So last year, and then one or two years and one week after we lost Roman, we lost our second and it was another boy, um, I didn't get to give birth to him because he was too small this time. We found out around 16 weeks, although he measured more like 13 weeks. Um, but because my body hadn't realized it, they wanted to do the surgery because I was having missed miscarriages essentially. So my body didn't realize. And so they did a DNC, um, which is just getting everything out of your uterus. Um, so you don't, you know, bleed out or anything like that. And, um, and so then we made sure to do any genetic testing we could, and there was nothing wrong, which was good because it means there was nothing wrong with, you know, Lonnie or I or anything like that. And we'd obviously already had a healthy baby. Um, and then this last April, we lost um, our third son again, another son. And, um, and this one and Ezra, he, it was around 12 weeks when we found out, but he measured more like 10 and a half. And so they kept just getting a little bit sooner it would happen. And again, I had to have a surgery because again, my body missed it. And, um, and actually on all the paperwork from the hospital for both Quinn, my second loss and Ezra, um, they, it says missed abortion because that's the procedure you have mm -hmm. when you have to do that. And I hated that it said that I hated it so bad. Yeah. Um, but that's the same procedure that they do for that um but so yeah so we lost um we've lost three boys and we have one boy um but i j just found out that i have one of the same things that kathy has where um during pregnancy my blood sends little blood clots to the placenta and it can get worse with age or so my doctor said that it can get it can get worse with age and so it makes sense why I'm having miscarriages sooner and sooner and why I had preeclampsia with Leland because that can be caused by blood clotting issues as well. Um, but so that's good because there is a way to um, remedy it or at least try to remedy it by mm -hmm. just taking a blood thinner. Um, so it's um, encouraging to have that. Um, it doesn't make, you know, losing three babies any easier, but no, it is encouraging to have that um, kind of a, a renewed hope. Cause I know I had a lot of hope after Roman died. Cause I thought mm, this is never going to happen again. And it's just, it'll be fine. And then after losing Quinn and then Ezra, it's like, Oh, I'm just dropping down another peg and yeah. getting lower and lower. And I felt like less and less hopeful. And so this is really wonderful to have something that I, you know, Oh, we actually can fix this kind of problem. Yeah. So yeah. that's encouraging, but 
I'm so glad you were able to have that testing and figure out what the issue was. And um, it's been really encouraging to hear you talk about the experiences that you've had and, you know, what you've learned along the way. And um, yeah, we're just, we're absolutely praying for you and uh, so glad for, for medicine and the way that we can learn. And medicine's not always perfect doctors aren't always perfect and they don't always say the right things when you want them to say the right things and Mm -hmm. that is so hard um so I guess I'll talk a little bit about my journey next I'll do the Cliff's Notes version um so I was one of those unlucky few who started my period when I was about 10 um and I just I still feel for for all these young girls that that have to experience it so young um it was heavy and it was painful right away um came in like a lion I just I remember sixth seventh grade sitting on the floor in the bathroom stall at school crying because it hurt so bad and throwing up from the pain Mm -hmm. um it's a really easy way to shut up a principal though when they ask you why you keep leaving the lunchroom during lunch just go (laughs) sleep period okay (laughs) they will leave you alone Um, (laughs) especially guys you know they'll just bye um (laughs) and you know as I as I went through you know middle school and high school it did just it kept getting worse I would end up taking naps in my car in high school just because I was just so utterly worn out by my cycle um I was like borderline anemic a lot of the time just because of how heavy everything was and um and then, you know, I had this great idea to get married when I was 19 years old. So um, it, it was a great idea. It's turned out really well. <laughs> but, um, you know, along with that, you know, disclaimer, sex really hurt. And, um, you know, obviously as a 19-year-old newlywed, that is not what you want. That's not what you expected puts an extra level of strain on a, a new baby relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so throughout that first year of our marriage, I ended up, um, you know, just trying to establish care with a, a doctor and kind of figure out what was going on there. And I went through my share of duds, um, a lot of very dismissive doctors saying, oh, it's, you just have to deal with it. It's part of being a woman you know, having your period hurts. And really, um, that's some really bad advice to give to people because a normal cycle in a normal person should not, should not be painful. Painful. No, no, it should not be that painful. And like, as a youth pastor's wife, that is something I drilled into my teenage girls. If you have excruciating periods, talk to your parents, talk to your doctor, because that is something that is a warning sign. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an issue causing that yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, so I finally did get to, um, well, I went to one doctor who completely degraded me. He said, you're overweight. You don't exercise enough. You don't eat well. That's why you're having all these issues. You just need to take care of yourself better. And at that point, you know, you feel completely worthless. Um, but at that point I decided to advocate for myself and I started doing some research and um, found out about this thing called endometriosis. 
and it kind of ticked a lot of the boxes of the the symptoms I was experiment experiencing. And um, I started talking to some of my cousins and my parents and they're like, oh, hey, you know what? Your grandma had that. And um, my other grandma experienced some fertility issues and some miscarriages as well. And it's just, you know, a kind of small town Midwest mentality. Uh, it's not really talked about because it's, it's lady problems. You don't need to discuss that. Um, so finding out that my grandmother had dealt with the same thing, I kind of had a good idea of what was going on. I went to a new OBGYN um, when we lived in Marion, Indiana, and my husband was in college and she listened. And at the first appointment I had with her, she scheduled an exploratory laparoscopy, um, which I had the day after my 20th birthday. Uh, so we'd been married about nine months at this point and went in and had that surgery. And the first thing I heard when I woke up, she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, you were right. It's endometriosis. And, um, she said, I can help you. Uh, so, you know, we went, I went on a, um, uh, a couple months of a shot called Lupron, which, we won't get into very heavily now. Um, it helped at the time, long-term don't recommend it. Um, it, it essentially puts you into, uh, a state of menopause and at 20 years old, that is something that's very difficult to deal with, um, mentally and physically went through a lot of mood swings, bless my poor dear husband through all of this. Um, he put up with a lot of things getting thrown at him and a lot of hormonal nightmare. Um, but, you know, kind of let my body heal for a while. And, uh, about a year after, well, two years after Josh graduated from college year and a half, sorry. Uh, we ended up pregnant with Liam, our first son. Uh, we did try for about a year, um, just based on kind of calculations that I've gone through. I figured out, I just did not ovulate every month. So it's just a little harder to catch it in those cases. <laughs> um, and, you know, pretty unremarkable pregnancy aside from kidney stones, um, which is just another fun thing I'm plagued with. Um, but we gave birth to this beautiful, healthy baby. And um, it didn't take long before we were ready to have another baby. Uh, took about a year again and we did get pregnant. Uh, it took lots of tests because I just wanted to be sure because I didn't quite believe it. And um, about nine weeks in, I started bleeding and um, I, we were actually visiting Mitchell, South Dakota um, when we were interviewing for a new youth pastor position. And so we're just visiting, looking for houses, interviewing for this job. And I end up in the ER there. And, um, I felt very belittled by the doctors and staff there. I told them that I'd had, you know, I'd taken several tests and they were all positive and I was excited and like, why'd you take so many tests? If it's positive, it's positive. Congratulations. And, uh, went through a series of tests and went, no, you're not pregnant. There's no baby. Um, if you were pregnant, it was just really early. If you wouldn't have taken all those tests, you wouldn't have known. It's nothing to, you know, nothing to work yourself up about and, in that case, I just felt like I didn't deserve to grieve because it, it wasn't, it wasn't really a thing yet. 
Um, and I even, Josh's cousin wrote me this beautiful card because she had dealt with um, miscarriages as well. And I feel awful. I never even responded to it because I didn't feel like I deserved to grieve. Um, and I went through a lot of, a lot of heartbreak and a lot of anxiety about that. Um, and uh, yeah, just didn't really feel like, like I had experienced the thing that everybody else experiences. So I didn't feel like I even deserved to talk about it. Um, but then, you know, we, eventually we did end up getting pregnant with Connor, um, who is <laughs> hilarious and wonderful. Took us a long time to get pregnant with him as well. Um, and especially after the miscarriage situation, I just didn't, I didn't want to even think about getting pregnant again. Um, but he has been wonderful. But uh, about a year after he was born, I had a lot of pain and emotionally, physically was struggling very, very hard. Um, so I had a surgery to kind of get rid of some endometriosis lesions. But at that surgery, they found a big growth on the outside of my cervix. And um, that was the most painful. And they said in order to remove that growth, I would have to have a full hysterectomy um, because it was right on the uterine artery. And it was kind of right where, like when you sit down and you're pregnant and there's that shooting pain, it was just like that all the time. (laughs) And as a drummer, that's really inconvenient because you kind of have to sit on those little tiny stools (laughs) and drum and (laughs) just didn't work out great for me. So a year after that first surgery, I did end up going and having a uh, total hysterectomy. Uh, everything's gone except for my ovaries. Um, there's still pain, not, you know, all the lesions weren't removed and I do have some on my intestine and, um, still experience some pain and troubles from that, but I'm a lot less miserable than I used to be. Um, but along with that now, you know, it's a, it's a pretty permanent solution to fertility and, as much as we convinced ourselves that we wanted two boys and we're so blessed to have those two boys to be able to get pregnant with them. Um, it's still really hard, uh, knowing that there's, there's not even the option of, of having another one. And, you know, the pain of going through people asking us when we're going to have more babies and why we never tried for a girl. It's just, it's, it's stupid. (laughs) So on that topic, there are a lot of things that we wish people wouldn't say to us when we're experiencing loss and reproductive issues and things like that. So let's maybe kind of go around for a minute and just talk about, hey, what shouldn't you say to people who are experiencing problems? I'll go. (laughs) Um, I know for us, um, it was just, when are you going to have more kids? When are you going to have more kids? Why aren't you having any more kids? Come on. Noah's like, cause Noah was seven, um, when faith was born, you know? So people were kind of like starting to kind of be questioning and we were never, um, quiet about it. Um, because you know, when we first, when we were still trying to have Noah, we were, um, I think just because we were young, we didn't, really even know how we were processing the situation yet. So it was just easier just to not talk about it. You know, like Kellen and I would talk about it and um, I can't remember 
how long it was after we finally like told like our parents and stuff, you know, we're trying, but we can't, you know, get pregnant things like that. But we didn't initially tell everybody about it. But then finally it was just like, you know what, if you're going to ask me, you're going to get the truth, you know, because we were just like, why even, why push it under the rug? Why be quiet about it? It's not like we were out broadcasting, but if you're going to ask me, I'm going to tell you the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the thing that really drove me nuts was when are you going to have more kids? When are you going to have more kids? Um, and, um, you know, I think, I think anybody who goes through these types of problems, I think they probably have a whole handful of different things you can say, or that have been said to them, um, that just shouldn't have been said. Um, like we, I got told a couple of times, you know, well, at least you haven't lost any children, which is true. I'm so thankful I have not lost any children. Um, but on the flip side, not even being able to have a child, um, is ridiculously hard, you know? Um, so those are my, those are my top two probably, but I know I'll think of more as this conversation goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the same thing, you know, Oh, when are you going to have more kids or, um, is, is he your only baby? And that one's always hard for me because they're not asking if I'm having any more kids. Right. So it's not, it's not really something they shouldn't say. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and it's kind of hard to gauge like one, I had one lady in the drive-thru, like she was working at the window at the, she's like, Oh, is it your first baby? And I was just like, yep. <laughs> Cause I'm not going to have that conversation with you in the drive-thru. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, but I think one thing people have said is, well, at least you have Leland for mm -hmm. my other two. And I was like, yeah, but then pick between your kids, please. And, yeah. you know, tell me which right. one that, oh, at least I have this one, if, you know, right. and I just feel like it's not fair to say that. Um, with my last, uh, most recent loss, um, I had a friend, I know she was just trying to be nice and um, trying to be encouraging and make me feel better. Um, but she said, oh, well, God will send you the right sibling for Leland when the time is right. And I just thought, so Quinn and Ezra were wrong. Like what, yeah. why weren't they right? Why wasn't the time right then? Why did I even get pregnant if mm -hmm. it wasn't right? Right. And it made me angry, but I knew that she wasn't meaning it in that way. And people hardly ever mean it in a yeah. negative way. But I feel like people just think, oh, well, you should just feel okay about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's going to be okay. Like, well, yeah. yeah, but can I just wallow in it for a little bit? Right. Yeah. Let me suffer and grieve because let I me, really lost something. Let and... me experience these emotions right. because it's okay. I, it's okay yeah. to feel those. It's totally yeah. okay. And I feel like we like to sweep it all under the rug. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, that happened, but it's going to be okay. So we're not going to talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but so yeah, that, that's what, what gets me a lot is, um, at least you have Leland and you know, oh, well, God will bring you the right sibling, you know, at right. the right time. And that's just unfair, I think. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it does. It, it. it straight up sucks. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to say that and not feel guilty about saying that and say, I feel awful about this and I want to feel awful about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think people get uncomfortable, but it's like, I'm sorry that you're uncomfortable. <laughs> like, right. I went through a terrible I just, thing. I just had something can... awful happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, because I mean, really it's, 
it, it's a little life, you know, it's not like that yeah. wasn't a life. And, yeah. you know, obviously there's a whole different thought process for people on when they mm-hmm. think life begins, but life begins at conception. It's a life, you know, yeah. it's going to grow well, into a life. And I got to hold Roman like, and that just made it so real to me because right. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, you know, they say before 20 weeks is when you can have abortion in some places. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Roman was the size of a 16 week old baby and he was right. a full complete baby. I mean, yeah. I got to hold him right. and just being able to, to see that, um, now I never thought life didn't begin until they were born right. or anything like that, but I, but just being able to see that, I'm like, how can, how can it's you say right. that I didn't lose something right. that I didn't lose a baby because it, cause he wasn't born yet. Like, right. Yes, right. Because like, if you, if you lose a child who is a month old, it, people, it's like, they acknowledge it more. Like it was yeah. more of a, a legitimate life when no, mm-hmm. they're both legitimate lives. Right. You know, there's just in, in the womb and out of the womb, yeah. still legitimate lives that mm-hmm. should be celebrated um, mm-hmm. and should also be allowed to be mourned if, if you have to, unfortunately, yeah. you know? Well, that, that was a baby that had a heartbeat. I know Lonnie's got that tattoo of Roman's heartbeat on him. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's legitimate. Um, and there's a grieving process behind all of that. And that it's, it's okay to feel that way. And just because other people might feel comfortable with it doesn't mean that it's any less painful for you. Mm-hmm. Um, something uh, something people do tend to do is is minimize the issue or make it seem like, oh, it could be so much worse. You know, there's people dying. There's, um, you know, <laughs> there's all this and this and this that could happen. Yes, yes. We can acknowledge that things are awful and still feel pain right of our own um, it's not a competition of who has the most pain pain. and that is something about our world everybody experiences pain and loss and it is all it's all worthy to be felt and discussed and not belittled Mm -hmm. and you know even the pain of um you know dealing with these issues dealing with reproductive issues it's, it's valid pain. And even though not everybody understands it, um, something that we have the opportunity to do is make other people aware of things that can happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, I always, I hate, hate, (laughs) I strongly just like, no, I hate the phrase. Everything happens for a reason sometimes. Um, it's just, (laughs) and especially I hate it. I hate it. I know it's like, um, sure. You can say that a person could say that, but (laughs) it's absolutely the wrong thing to say to someone who's experiencing loss and Mm -hmm. an infertility. Um, one of the things that I have been able to come about in the last few years is realizing that through experiencing these issues and educating myself, I can help educate others and support others through these issues. Um, cause endometriosis, PCOS, blood clotting disorders, they're all very, very common. I mean, as we have cel- celiac disease too. I got that one too. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, really, it's a miracle that my two biological children are here. It is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> such a blessing. 
Um, and I feel the same, you know, I'm so, so, so blessed to have my two boys. Like I will never, ever, ever take that for granted. Um, I, I'm incredibly blessed to have them. Um, it is still very hard sometimes to not want to cry when other people announce their pregnancies. Um, because as much as, you know, when I made the decision to go ahead with the hysterectomy and, and the pain, I said, you know, I've got my two boys, they're wonderful, they're enough, and they are. But sometimes it's just like, oh, but like, if I could fill my house to the brim with babies, I would. <laughs> because well, it's that whole, like, you know, that's final, like, that's it, you know, it. Like, yeah, there's, there's not going to be a, a surprise pregnancy down the road, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I've got my girl name picked out and I'll never get to use it, you know, yeah. like that, that gets yeah. me sometimes. Yeah. Um, so are there things that you guys have realized throughout your journeys? I'm not going to say that make it better, but what do you glean from this that you can use to help others? So for me, um, fortunately, I'm able to have some hindsight now and see where God was connecting the pieces um, of a much, much larger puzzle than I even (laughs) could even have dreamed um, for us to even happen. Um, You know, if we wouldn't, if, if, um, trying to, how to word this here in order, if I wouldn't have gone through infertility, I wouldn't have maybe appreciated how precious, um, pregnancy is, um, first and foremost. Um, if we wouldn't have gone through that, we wouldn't have, oh, and I, I shouldn't say we wouldn't have, cause I don't know. I don't know what God would have done, but, um, there's a very good chance that we might not have felt a strong tug on our heart for adoption. Um, and through that, um, it, it started not only a passion um, in, in my life and in Kellum's life for um, adoption, but through that story, it also, we went on this crazy, new crazy journey in life of missions that we were never, ever interested in before. And it completely ignited a passion in our hearts for missions um, that wouldn't, it, it's 100% part of faith story. Um, if I wouldn't have gone to Africa, I don't think that my heart would have been reopened um, to her, to that situation and the potential of her coming to our family. Because I think I, we literally were like, good. We were done trying to have kids. We were done trying to pursue adoption. We were, we were honestly, we were okay with it and we were ready to move on um, till God said, no, you're not, <laughs> you're not done. And I've got a huge miracle for you. Um, and so, yeah, that, uh, that journey brought out the passion for missions. It brought out the passion for adoption. I have a huge passion for adoption. I have a huge passion for mothers. Um, and then through, even through that, then learning that I was a celiac, um, going through natural healing of my own, um, going on that journey. Now I'm super passionate about helping people with that. Um, the nutrition system that helped balance my body and my hormones and, and got rid of all of my inflammation and and issues and things like that. I'm super passionate about helping people on their own natural health journey that I never would have been passionate about if I didn't go through that myself. 
Mm -hmm. that situation that I went through was part of the infertility issue. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to look back and be like, if I didn't go through this, this wouldn't have happened. This child might not have been here. Um, this passion might not have been here. I might not have met this person who I connected with and was able to help. Um, you know, sometimes even just, <clears throat> sorry, the smoke in the air is like making my throat get really dry right now. So really I'm like being hoarse, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but um, yeah, it, even just if me sharing our story um, just gives somebody encouragement, um, helps somebody feel like they're not alone, um, what, whatever. I mean, we're, we're very, very open about it because through it, um, we have experienced such miracles, such healing, such trajectory moments in life that completely spurred us on to passions that we didn't know we had um, and that have gotten us to where we are in life right now. So fortunately now, um, I'm able to look back, um, with a positive viewpoint. Um, but certainly, um, didn't always have that, um, in the process. I mean, I, I never was one that like was super bitter if people were pregnant. Um, and just like, why, you know, why aren't, why can't we get pregnant? Why do they get pregnant? I, fortunately, I, I never took on that attitude. I can completely understand why why people do, um, because it, it's their legitimate thoughts. Um, and, and it, it, that situation just sucks. But, um, uh, there were a lot of people that would be afraid to tell me that they were pregnant, um, because they didn't want to hurt my feelings or they didn't want to make me sad. And it's just like, no, like I can still be your friend. I can still be here for you. I can still celebrate with you in the midst of my heartache. Um, mm -hmm. but please still share that stuff me, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but anyways, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thankful for the, um, the viewpoint that I have on it now, because really, honestly, it is a huge, amazing story of healing and miracles that only God did. There's, there's no other explanation for it than him. So. Yeah, I think, um, a lot of the same things that you said with, um, like being able to, uh, comfort others when they go, because even just since we've in the last three years, since our losses, I've had many friends go through similar things um, and not close friends, but, you know, even just friends on Facebook that I was able, you know, just to say something. And I don't know how much I helped anyone because some people don't respond or some people are very short because they're going through something. Um, but even just being able to be that like, Hey, I'm here if you need me. Cause I have gone through it and I'm not scared to talk about it. Cause some people just don't like talking about it and that's okay. Yeah. If you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to, but, um, but I will talk about it with you if you want. And, um, I was, I am one of those people that, uh, definitely got bitter when people would be pregnant and I would try my hardest not to, um, but it was an initial gut reaction and my just, my stomach would sink and I'd just be like, mm, that's not fair. And a lot of, I had a lot of people um, where I thought, well, why, why could they get pregnant and have a perfectly fine baby? And I had to lose mine. And I had one person that um, was like a friend of a friend of a friend. Someone else told me that it happened, um, but uh, they were like in jail and they had been on drugs and they gave birth to a perfectly healthy little baby. And I was like, what? Why? Yeah. 
why did I have to lose my babies and you get to have a healthy baby and you don't even get to take care of it because you're in prison like that. Mm -hmm. It would just seem so unfair. And it, and even for people who, okay, they were married and they had, you know, they already had a couple kids and they were just having another one. Like even that to me was like, "Mm." like it it made me unhappy. And I, and I hated that so badly. And, um, because it made me feel bad that I was feeling that way. And I couldn't like stop, stop it. Mm -hmm. Um, people close to me, it didn't bother me as much. I remember my, um, my cousin and I had, um, her, her first son and Leland were born, um, like three weeks apart Mm -hmm. and her son is, is three weeks older. And, um, she was, she lives in Alaska, but she was in Idaho and, um, in the fall, and I was six weeks pregnant and we hadn't told anyone. Um, and she came and she was like, I'm, she was really scared to tell me. And she told me that she was pregnant. And she, and when I, and I told her because she told me, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm pregnant too. And she was like, started crying. And she's like, I was so scared to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want her to be scared to tell me. And luckily I had, I, I was pregnant. So I was like, ah, what? Yeah, we're both pregnant. Woohoo. This we'll go through this together. But, um, but she was really, really scared to tell me. And I feel like I don't want anyone to be scared yeah. to tell yeah. me that kind of thing, even because I have, I mean, Jesus has made me so much better about not being bitterness, being the first thing that comes to my mind and, mm-hmm. and hurts my heart every time I see that kind of thing. Um, because I feel like I don't know what those people are going through. Maybe they have some other thing that is totally horrible Mm -hmm. and yeah they have three healthy babies but maybe there's something else that's really bad and so I have to keep that in mind like okay it's not it's not that they're not suffering with something or even if they're not really suffering right now I don't need to be bitter about anything Mm -hmm. um so that's been a lot of prayer and I feel like I'm still in the midst of it because we just lost a baby you know Mm -hmm. four months ago um but so I'm, I'm still learning and Jesus is still teaching me a lot, um, through all that. But, um, I know because I know there are things even with, with Leland, I know I wouldn't have Leland if we hadn't lost Roman. Cause Roman was his due date was December is in December. And by December, I was already halfway through my pregnancy with Leland. Mm-hmm. So that was an easier one for me to reconcile and to see the good things in it. Like, okay, I experienced this and it made mm-hmm. me cherish Leland so much more, not that I wouldn't have cherished him, but, you know, just like taking, okay, I can't take this for granted because mm-hmm. I had, you know, I had this happen and now I have a healthy baby. And, um, so I can see those things in hindsight, like you said, but I'm a little too close to some yeah. <laughs> of the losses yeah. to see a lot of that, yeah. um, right now, but which is uh, completely understandable. Um, you know, I, I have, I have more years of healing under my belt than you do, Jordan. So that's why it's easier for me to say that type of thing. Um, You have every right to still be in those raw emotions, 100%. Absolutely. And, you know, you've you've really gracefully dealt with a lot. And I know that it's still hard and it's still fresh, but you have just, I've been very inspired watching you deal with this. And I know- it's still, it's still, you're still in it. And I, we just, I have so much admiration for you and how you've handled all of this. And, um, 
Yeah, absolutely. It's just the way that you guys talk about it and you don't push it under the rug. Um, Mm -hmm. You acknowledge your three precious boys' lives. They were short, but you still acknowledge them. Um, You still talk about them. Um, You have things, you know, uh, about them in your, in your home. Um, I love that about you guys. Um, I love that you don't just push it off. Oh, that's done. No, it's not done. They're still your children. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the fact that, um, that you guys both um, talk about that very openly. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is something that needs to be acknowledged as well. Like men deal with these issues right alongside us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of them deal with it in very different ways. But, um, you know, our husbands have, have been there through these situations with us. And so many men, they don't have as many resources and women don't have enough resources to be completely honest for all the issues that are so prevalent in this world, but men have even fewer. And, um, I think taking the time to acknowledge that they're, they're dealing with loss and hurt as well is, is very important. And sometimes men deal with infertility Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I have a friend whose husband has, has had to, um, you know, face the fact that that that's part of their relationship and they've adopted two beautiful, beautiful babies. And they knew from the beginning that that was very likely the case. Um, and so being able to support both men and women through these situations is so, so important. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people in the world that don't want children, but there are so many more who desperately want children. And uh, they are such a blessing in our lives. And, you know, my heart just breaks for people who, who are unable to experience that. And Mm -hmm. the three of us are so blessed to have these beautiful babies that we've been able to give birth to, but it does not make the struggle any less. It doesn't belittle anything that, that we have been through and those babies, Jordan, that you have in heaven, you know, they, they, they were real. They were here. And, um, yours was too. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you. And I, I still, you know, it's been, it's been seven years, but I still, I still don't, you know, and there's, there's always things to unpack with different things like that, but you know, people need to talk about it. And, um, I think it's encouraging to have people that, you know, who, you know, have experienced those things. Like it's so encouraging to have you two, um, just knowing that you understand to some degree what, you know, and we understand what each other is going through on certain yeah. levels. And I think that is really, really awesome. Cause I think we often feel lonely when we're going through this Absolutely. kind of thing. And I, I can't tell you how I did not realize how many people around me had lost babies until I lost Roman. And then out of the woodwork, all these people are coming. Yeah. Like, it happened to me and yeah. you don't realize how prevalent it is. Um, really because people don't usually openly talk about it necessarily. So it's really nice to have people that you know that you can rely on and who understand kind of what you're going through. Yeah. 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 It's awesome having a girl squad to support you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And that is another thing, you know, as you talk, as you're more open with people, the more open people will be with you. You know, we were just talking with Celine last week and, you know, realized she had dealt with PCOS as well. And it's just, it's, it's nice to be able to speak openly about that and how it does affect mental health as well. 
Um, I think all of us could speak into that, tying it into last week, that there have been times that our struggles have have taken a toll on us mentally, physically, like, you know, Jordan, you've been pregnant a few times and that, that puts your body through a lot and taking the time to recognize that and give yourself grace to heal mentally and physically from those situations yes. is so, so important. Mm-hmm. Well, I think giving you, it, it's so important to allow yourself grace to physically heal but it's even more important to allow yourself grace to mentally and, and spiritually mm-hmm. heal. Um, cause it, it, it's a, it's, it's a three part process for sure. And you have to, I think you just have to fully dig in and feel, um, all of them and, and, and go through those before you're able to get any sort of healing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't ignore one part of that process. So and understanding that, um, everyone has different things that they struggle through and, and how they grieve differently and how they process mm-hmm. those things is going to look different from how y- you process those things. And even physical healing. I mean, two people can have a baby with no complications and one person takes a lot longer to heal than the other. And so it mm-hmm. just is yeah. about giving yourself and other people grace in those kind of situations too, knowing, okay, I might've healed faster in this department, but they need more time or- yeah. Mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. Well, and it's also important not to feel like you need to compare yourself to anyone mm-hmm. else. Um, you know, you can, you can support others and relate to others um, and, you know, share your experience with others, but comparing uh, any kind of your experience with another person's experience almost does a disservice to both of you um, because you both, you both experience things in your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so while you are supporting people through these situations, my big piece of advice would be to listen first. Yep. Um, if there's anything, you know, that you can share, um, that's great, but wait for that, that space, wait for that mm-hmm. space to be given first, first and foremost, please just be there to listen to others. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with that. And I, it makes me feel almost selfish. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I've, I've, I like, I I've struggled with things too. And I want to help you. And like word vomit is not help. And I need to remind myself that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, but I mean, sometimes, I mean, you have to let them talk. You have to, you know, obviously be a listening supportive ear, but at the same time, when you do share your story, when you do share what you've gone through, that's support for them too. You know, it's not, it's not taking away from what they're going through. It's not trying to be a me monster and be like, well, I went through this too. It's, it's, it's sharing similar situations to make them feel that they're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. We've got some super sweet comments rolling in just really good support from, (laughs) from our husbands and our community. And thank you guys so much for joining us for this conversation. We are kind of getting up on that, that, eight o'clock mark here pretty fast it was fast (laughs) the only thing that's really struggling right now is my bladder I'm gonna be honest um, (laughs) do you guys have anything that you want to speak on before we wrap up for the night um just I guess just more along the the lines of kind of like what I said last week too at the end like if if you're going through something and you're struggling and you don't have anybody to talk to you don't um, know who to talk to. You don't know how to talk to it. You just need somebody to talk to, to vent to, to cry to, to be mad at whatever. 
um, reach out to us. Um, we get it sort of, we sort of get what you're going through. Even if we don't, we're here. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll be there for you. Um, please, please don't feel like you have to go through it alone. Um, women or men, um, because you know what, the three of us women are on this podcast. Um, but the three of us also have three fantastic husbands um, who are also open and willing to, to walk through um, struggles and, and journeys with people. Um, so if you're a dude and you're having trouble um, and you want to talk to another dude, uh, we've got three pretty amazing ones that um, mm -hmm. will also be here for you too. So absolutely. Oh, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for being so open and so honest. And I just... I love you true to pieces and this has Thanks. been wonderful and your matching scrubs make my heart happy right now. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you everybody for watching in, or if you're watching or listening later, thanks for being a part of our G208 family. Um, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page or hello at gathering208.com. We'll come right to me and I'll make sure it gets to the right person, no matter what it is. Um, but in the meantime, feel free to watch our live stream on Sunday. Um, now that Josh is, uh, back in the land of the living a little bit, um, my husband's been sick for a while and I've actually been sleeping on this couch here. Um, but now <laughs> that we know he's doing better, uh, we'll have things coming up again. And, you know, even if you aren't, uh, aren't feeling up to joining us in person for anything, please just take a look out here on Facebook or Instagram for us and, we just are so happy to have you as part of this. 